Hello and welcome to Are UFOs Real with T.L. Keller. This edition of Are UFOs Real is brought to you by the Total Novices Guide Books. I'm T.L. Keller, author and former aerospace engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, British Aerospace, and Douglas Aircraft, among others. On this program, we'll be looking into the myths and realities of unidentified flying objects, what most of us call UFOs. Why do people continue to report sightings of UFOs? Why do they report abductions, crop circles, and other highly strange events? All opinions expressed on this show are the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of webtalkradio.net. And by the way, if you're a skeptic or you've had a UFO experience of your own and would like to appear on this show, at the end of the program we'll announce how to contact us. So strap yourself in and buckle up. You're in for a ride of your lifetime. We have a terrific show today. First up is Dr. Ted Loader. Dr. Loader is a professor emeritus at the Department of Earth Sciences at the University of New Hampshire. In 1997, Dr. Loader attended a closed-door congressional briefing on UFOs held in Washington, D.C. During that briefing, he met a number of top-secret military witnesses who described events they observed firsthand to members of Congress and the Senate. Dr. Loder also works on a number of projects with Dr. Stephen Greer, the director of CSETI and the Disclosure Project. Now, CSETI is spelled C-S-E-T-I, and that represents the center of the study of extraterrestrial intelligence. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Tom. I'm uh, delighted to have you on this show. Um, you're, you're somebody that I'd like to have um, talked to a long time ago in, in some depth. You know, um, there are very few university professors that have become uh, publicly involved with uh, UFOs and uh, uh, extraterrestrial visitation. Uh, the ones that come to mind are Dr. David Jacobs uh, down at uh, Temple University and then the late Dr. John Mack at uh, Harvard. And then, uh, of course, there's um, uh, Dr. Hal Putoff, uh, who was, was associated at least with Stanford University. So I have to ask, um, you're being uh, an emeritus professor at the University of New Hampshire. How did you get involved uh, with UFOs and extraterrestrial visitation? Uh, interesting question. And uh, it occurred in 19, uh, Christmas 96 uh, when I was visiting my cousin, uh, Brigadier General Stephen Lovkin, uh, a lawyer down in Hickory, North Carolina. He subsequently deceased, but uh, at that time, uh, we got chatting at, at just after Christmas, a couple-day visit, um, just family visit, and uh, he mentioned that uh, he had been at some meetings with some Russian astronauts and uh, American American astronauts and Russian cosmonauts, and and uh, asked me if I had heard of Roswell, and I said, of course I had, and he said it was real, and I said, well, tell me more, and uh, so he started telling me about what he had. Uh, what he knew, uh, not everything he knew, he was still under uh, secrecy stuff, but he actually, and subsequent to that, I learned that he had been uh, working in the White House when he was just a young soldier 
uh, when he was just an enlisted soldier uh, back in the uh, let's see, late 50s, uh, 59, 60 or so, and he was an assistant, basically an assistant to uh, President Eisenhower. On oh, in the Eisenhower subject. administration. Okay, that goes yes. back some yes. some ways. What what yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. what was your immediate reaction when you came to the realization that uh, Roswell was actually took place and that uh, it, this is just some big hoax or hallucination? A little catch in my throat there it got me off guard. It must have. Um, well, I'm just going to think that uh, if um, you weren't aware of uh, this reality, uh, this must have come uh, as maybe a shock. Well, it was, and it, it, I was. Uh, I had read uh, books about UFOs ever since I was a kid uh, in science fiction, so I was well aware of what was going on in the UFO world, if you will. It's sort of a hobby of mine on the side. I see. But I had never spoken to anybody uh, during my entire life up to that point that had actually uh, either seen one or been involved in, in things relative to it. And uh, what I learned later that uh, my cousin's job, uh, one of his jobs, he was in the White House, but one of his jobs was to uh, meet with Ike uh, find out appropriate information, and then drive over to the Pentagon and meet with senior officials there who were also in charge of the UFO issue, uh, convey the information from the president, and take information back to him. So nothing, there's no paper. Uh, I said no paper the, trail, huh? No paper trail. And the other fun thing that I that I, he told me at one point was that Ike, and this is, I don't know if I've ever told this before, but uh, Ike used to doodle, uh, doodle a lot on his desk, and he'd draw little pictures of UFOs or disc-shaped craft. <clears throat> so my cousin, one of my cousin's jobs was to collect the doodles of UFO craft <laughs> that Ike had done and destroy them. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, so that anyway, so. Uh, how did I react? I, I could barely sleep. Uh, he was telling me about uh, bases on the moon and a whole bunch of stuff that I was just like, holy mackerel. Uh -huh. uh, you know, wow. And then uh, from then I got involved in CSETI, uh, the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, uh, with Dr. Stephen Greer, and I got involved in that and learned a lot more and subsequently worked with CSETI and then the Disclosure Project, uh, helping write the 500-page you know, briefing document for the press. Right. The Disclosure Project, that's disclosureproject.org on the web. You can look it up, and we had over 100 witness, over 100 hours of uh, interview witness testimony on the video. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, we released a tape of about four hours of that. So there's still nearly 100 hours of witness testimony that nobody's ever seen at this okay. point. It's, it's just amazing stuff. I mean, literally, we had over 100 witnesses uh, taped. Uh, 69 of them or 70 were in the book called Disclosure, uh, but there were more than that. Some didn't. we didn't want to be in the book, Disclosure book that Dr. Greer wrote, uh, until they died. I see. So, now, you also... Uh... <clears throat> Uh, prepared a paper, and I didn't mention this in the uh, intro, uh, but you prepared a paper called Outside the Box, Space and Terrestrial Transportation and Energy Technologies for the 21st Century. And you presented this to the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. 
I, I don't know what year that was. Uh, but, that was uh, 2002. 2002. This yes. is um, quite a document in itself, and I believe it's also available from the Disclosure Project on the uh, Internet. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. Uh, in fact, that paper is uh, at a number of places on the web. Uh, it's been published in a scientific journal. It was part of the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics Archives uh, from the public meeting. Uh, it was a, a former officer, uh, Air Force, uh, contacted me. He said, I'm in a uh, retired officer's group. I'd love to get your paper out. Do you mind if I make 200 copies of it and <laughs> spread it around to all my friends at the at the meetings? And I said, go for it. <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, that was interesting. It's a terrible title. Uh, I was actually at a CSETI training up in North uh, Northern California, the fall before that meeting, and the head of this section on the Space Colonization Technical Committee of the Aeronautics uh, of the AIAA called me, had called Dr. Greer and wanted him to give a talk, and he said, you be, you got to go talk to our science guy, Ted. So he called me up, and I was actually in a car driving, and uh, he said, uh, we'd like you to give a talk at this meeting, and could could you give me a title? So I'm sitting there in the car, and I said, well, how about blah, 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 the one you just read? And, and it stuck. So, <laughs> well, of course, I, was, I hadn't uh, written the paper. I didn't even know what it was going to be about at that point. But, <laughs> and actually, uh, I, I actually wrote that paper in a, on a lo- in a long weekend. Did you? With about well, a, week's, a week's preparation. Then I sat down on a long weekend and wrote the entire paper. And it's kind of funny because it's probably the most... Uh, uh, most widely distributed paper of my entire professional career that had nothing to do with my profession. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's a it's about eight or ten pages or so, and I would uh, certainly I've recommended that uh, to a number of people that they go to www.disclosureproject.org and look for your name. Uh, is it as uh, Dr. Theodore Loader? Or uh, I believe Dr. it's Ted probably Loder. yeah it's probably Dr. Theodore Loader. It's uh, okay. it's under a section called scientific papers or or, or research papers or what, something. I don't remember the exact section it's on, under. Uh, oh. It's also available on uh, the website the Orion Project. That's one word the Orion like the constellation project dot org. Okay. It's also available there. Uh, and uh, probably at least a half a dozen other places on the web. Uh, you, if you do a well, actually, just to put in a plug for our sponsor, it's also uh, in uh, the book called The Total Novice's Guide to UFOs. Uh, it's presented right. in its entirety. Uh, but uh, you can, uh, anybody could just uh, download this without fee uh, directly from the Disclosure Project. And they have a chance to learn more about Dr. Uh, Stephen Greer as well. You know, you one thing. A, yes? I just make a, make a one comment about. Uh, the, the paper, actually, for those people who might be interested in reading it, looks at a bit of the history of the of anti-gravity, uh, everything from T. Townsend Brown in the late 1920s when he discovered some anti-gravity electrogravitic effects in the laboratory uh, to the uh, early 50s when he was actually demonstrating stuff to the Navy and then uh, the uh, aerospace, or at that time, uh, proto-aerospace people were involved in, in it and suddenly everything went black. Yes. It wasn't until the uh, eight, late 80s and 90s that science uh, 
public science, if you will, started to talk about the possibility of that. Meanwhile, the Disclosure Project uh, witnesses, many people from the military who were involved in anti-gravity technologies, building uh, reverse-engineered uh, alien reproduction craft, or AR, ARVs, uh, talked about building these stuff So, from the 60s, 1960s to the present. We yeah. had these anti-gravity craft in our covert projects. So it's a little, uh, it's just a, little, a short paper kind of giving a lot of references, uh, a little background on how we got to where we are, and it's still one of the best-kept secrets. It's um, a, a terrific paper from my point of view. Did you ever have a chance to talk to Captain Bill Uhouse? Uh No, uh, no, I never did. Uh, Dr. Greer spoke with him. I see. Um, He's uh, he uh, I think uh, died uh, last year yes, sometime, yep, yep. but um, uh, Captain um, Bill Uhouse uh, yep. was a former uh, test pilot, and he was also a mechanical engineer and worked on a number of uh, black projects. And when I say black project, I mean secret or hidden projects uh, that are uh, sponsored by the uh, U.S. government. But uh, the thing about Captain Bill Uhouse, and you describe uh, some of his uh, remarks in this paper, mm -hmm. uh, he uh, claimed to have been involved uh, in the uh, design and development and construction of a, uh, a flying disc uh, flight simulator that was uh, installed in a facility uh, not too far from Area 51. Mm -hmm. And I've always found this uh, fascinating because he claimed that uh, the first flight simulators for a flying disc or anti-gravity technology were built in the early 60s. Exactly. And this is what something that I've always uh, been uh, just well, almost shocked about uh, when you see some of the diagrams that uh, have been uh, created that uh, describe this flight simulator. And according to what I have heard, uh, this was uh, the simulator itself was based upon a uh, crash of a 30-meter uh, flying disc in uh, Kingman, Arizona in the early uh, 50s. Mm -hmm. So now, did, did, do you know if he ever used the term uh, S4 as the name of the facility that's about 12 to that, 14 that miles. Is one of the, that is one of their, or at least uh, has been one of the names for one of those areas. I don't remember specifically. What, I haven't looked at his testimony in a long time. Uh, that has certainly been mentioned by several of the uh, witnesses, though. Yes. Okay. Uh, in that paper, you also talk about uh, Ben Rich. Now, mm -hmm. uh, in a previous uh, show of uh, Are UFOs Real?, uh, we uh, spoke to Jan Harzan. I believe you uh, know him. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Jan uh, and I happened to have been invited to a presentation by Ben Rich uh, back in 1993. And uh, supposedly it was simply going to be a history of Lockheed Corporation and Lockheed Martin. And about uh, halfway through the show or so, uh, ben Rich said uh, that Lockheed Martin then had the technology to go to the stars. And this, uh, even though Jan and I have uh, been uh, studying and researching this subject uh, for since we were children, um, it still put us back, almost shockingly, 
because he went on and talked about other aspects of this and even showed in his final slide of the presentation an artist's uh, illustration of a flying disc. And uh, <laughs> it uh, went far beyond anything that we had ever uh, expected uh, as far as the history of Lockheed is concerned. And that was at UCLA in March of uh, 93. Did you ever have a chance to talk to anybody who went to the second Ben Rich lecture at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base? No, I have not. I understand he said similar things, but... Uh, uh, I think the only things that have sort of come out are, are with reference to the UCLA uh, presentation. Mm -hmm. Well, now, I put a uh, I put a quote, uh, which is uh, I've always been a little a, a little embarrassed, not too badly, but I, I put a quote in there, which is truly actually a quasi quote in in, in my paper, and I had gotten that quote uh, from Dr. Greer, who had said this is what he had heard that Ben said. And he had heard it through Jan, uh, just a little background there. And it, what what I put in the paper, which was really, uh, is that we already have a means of travel among the stars, but it's a crime against humanity. It's locked up in a black budget. Yes. Our project's so tight that it would take an act of God to get it out. That's uh, what he said. And uh, so it, was, it wasn't that, even though I, I should have put a single quotes instead of double quotes around it, but I was told this is what he had said. And the interesting thing was, after I, after I, that paper was published, I had people from inside Lockheed contacting me to say, where did you hear this? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. That... Uh, but, uh, but it turned out, I, I believe Hal Putoff was there as well. Uh -huh. I'm not positive of that at that talk. I well, he knew people who had been there, and Hal Putoff came and backed me up. Interesting. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, well, that's what he said. I can assure you, and yeah. uh, it was uh, quite a quite a revelation. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ted, uh, I'd like you to stand by. Um, our uh, conversation continues in a moment. T.L. Keller's "Are UFOs Real?" is brought to you by the Total Novices Guidebooks. Would you like to know more about UFOs, but are afraid to ask? Why do so many people still report UFO sightings? Why are they even here? A new book, The Total Novice's Guide to UFOs, introduces the reader to the world of unidentified flying objects. You may have accepted the stories of weather balloons, hoaxes and optical illusions as the explanation of the UFO phenomenon, but just take a look at The Total Novice's Guide to UFOs and your worldview will change. This large format book is printed in full colour with more than 500 pages of fascinating reports of UFO crashes, ET abductions, crop circles and UFO related stories, including the testimonies of 10 military officers who experienced UFO events and extraterrestrial beings. The Total Novices Guide to UFOs also explains why they are here and who pilots them. The Total Novices Guide to UFOs is jam-packed with stories and reports from well-known UFO researchers such as Linda Moulton Howe, Timothy Good, Stephen Greer, Travis Walton, NASA astronauts Edgar Mitchell and Gordon Cooper. The Total Novices Guide to UFOs is available on the internet from the thetotalnovicesguide.com, amazon.com or from your local bookseller. And now we're back with uh, Dr. Ted Loader. Um, 
let me uh, go on to another question um, that uh, I've always wondered about since I wasn't uh, present, and I know you were. In uh, 2001, uh, in Washington, D.C., at the National Press Club, the Disclosure uh, Project uh, arranged to have uh, 20, uh, roughly 20 or so, um, military and government witnesses that have come forward uh, to talk about the uh, reality of uh, the U.S. anti-gravity technology program and UFOs. Uh, and I believe you were there and probably uh, helped organize it. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. I actually uh, co-authored the 500-page briefing document for the press uh, with Dr. Greer. Uh, my name's on it. His name is on it, on the document. And uh -huh. it's available, by the way, that document can be downloaded uh, from the website, I think free of charge. It was so damn massive that we didn't make it available in print form. But uh, we made it available in print form to the press at the time. Uh, but uh, you can now download it from the Disclosure Project website. Uh, yeah, I was highly involved in it. It was a very, very exciting time. We we believe thoroughly uh, that uh, that this was really going to be the breakthrough. Uh, we had, uh, I think, two dozen witnesses up there yeah, uh, talking about everything from military people who had seen uh, photographs of uh, structures on the moon to uh, people who had been in uh, missile silos when the craft came over the top and shut down the missiles inside. Uh, several guy, several gentlemen who didn't know each other in different missile sites uh, were there talking about this, as well as a number of other uh, witnesses talking about different aspects of the whole thing. Uh, FFF. FFA or a uh, uh, person talking about uh, the civilian aspects of radar and, and the f tracking flights and the desire of the White House to see the data and then the classification of the information and the data. You know, it just went on and on and on. It was <laughs> very exciting because there was about 20 or so TV cameras across the back of the National Press Club in their big, uh, big meeting hall there. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, the uh, TV guys who are pretty uh, pretty bored with Washington actually are calling up their bosses and saying, "Hey, I've got to stay to finish this. This is the real deal. Uh, you know, I can't I can't leave." Right. <laughs> so it was pretty. Uh, uh, it was pretty exciting. And after that, it started getting major momentum nationally. And then, of course, uh, uh, that September 9/11 happened, and the uh, whole national attention turned to other issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed, uh, I know a couple of the uh, speakers there. One was um, the, uh, the person that you uh, mentioned. His name was Carl uh, uh, Wolf. He was oh, sure. an Air Force uh, Airman. That's right. Yes, and that's right. he was uh, assigned to uh, basically uh, do some photographic uh, work on, uh, on uh, films that had been brought back uh, from the Apollo program when it was uh, um, circling the moon. And he uh, was uh, shocked when one of his co-workers, also an airman, said that uh, something like, quote, we discovered uh, structures on the moon. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is uh, quite something to listen to this uh, description. Now, what he didn't say, of course, there's no way of knowing uh, who built those structures. 
and this is something that uh, I've always uh, wanted to pursue. Did did uh, Carl Wolf uh, say anything more, or have you ever heard? No, in fact, to anybody I, you know, he, the interview that he did with us rather interesting. This uh, colleague showed him these uh, pictures while he uh, while Carl was uh, hired to or was involved to fix the machine that was enlarging or some aspect of the development of the pictures. And Carl said, you know, I saw them, but I was scared. I knew I wasn't supposed to see these things. And he realized that he would be in trouble uh, if uh, he or the airman who showed it to him. Uh, so they sort of, uh, you know, thank you very much and kind of parted ways on it. So, but, uh, and it goes along with uh, Donna, uh, I can't think of her last name, who worked for uh, Ford Aerospace at the time, who was shown by a colleague uh, that they airbrushed out uh, any any flying disc they got from the aerial satellite photographs of Earth uh, before they sent them out to the public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's another uh, rather amazing uh, recollection. Yeah. You uh, also yeah. had uh, Clifford Stone mm-hmm. there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a former uh, U.S. Army uh, sergeant. Uh, and his uh, one of his responsibilities was to uh, retrieve uh, crashed or recovered uh, extraterrestrial vehicles. And he, uh, I've heard him speak uh, uh, at a, on other occasions. And his uh, point uh, or involvement was that he actually came into contact uh, allegedly with uh, these extraterrestrial, some of these extraterrestrial. Uh, beings, and his that's estimate. Yes, that's what I've heard too. Yes, his estimate was that there were something on the order of fifty-seven different extraterrestrial species or beings that had visited the Earth. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I've I've heard him speak uh, several times, mm-hmm. and he always gets a tear in his eye when and gets very emotional when he talks about the interaction between uh, his colleagues and these beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always said I, I, I've never known quite what to do with all of his testimony. I think the major thing that point that comes out of it is that yes, we have had uh, that covert projects have had major contact with ETs. Yes, there are many many races visiting Earth, and, you know, and whether it's fifty-seven or a hundred or ten, uh, right? <laughs> you know, the point is there are many, there are many yeah. many uh, races visiting Earth, and. Uh, and that's, I think, the, t- the important take-home message on uh, Clifford's uh, stuff. And, uh, yes. It's a know, great, here's a man. Uh, yeah, go ahead. But I was going to say, here's a man who is deeply involved at the very highest levels uh, and, and a boots-on-the-ground person dealing mm-hmm. with this issue. Uh, very much so. Uh, when I was um, uh, a youngster about oh, eight or nine years old, uh, I uh, read um, George Adamski's uh, Flying Saucers Have Landed. And yeah, I, I have a copy when I was about the same age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still have my original copy back in the nineteen early fifties. Yeah, good for you. Oh yeah, if you'd like to sell it, I'll buy it. <laughs> but uh, you no, know, it's as, part of my collection. <laughs> as a young, well, that was uh, mine too. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I didn't own it, so I had to give it back. But um, oh, at yeah. age at age eight, I thought, is it possible that? Um, an extraterrestrial vehicle could have come here and a human-like uh, being emerged and talked to uh, George Adamski. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, uh, I, it just opened my mind to 
all of the other possibilities. And then a year later, Donald Kehoe came out uh, with Flying Saucers from Outer Space. And after reading uh, his uh, analysis and all of the various cases in his book, I then realized that there was a reality to UFOs. And I've been personally involved with it ever since. But what I, getting back to the subject here, what I didn't understand at this age was why there were so many different descriptions of alien beings and why so many different types of vehicles, big ones, Mm -hmm. small ones, uh, round ones, uh, disc-shaped. Uh, cigar shaped and and this could only have been a result of many different uh, beings coming to earth and then having a different types of ve- of vehicles depending upon their use sure. you know just sort of like the v- various types of cars and trucks and uh, uh, vehicles that you see on the freeway they all have a different purpose Oh and sure, I realize that when you know, I if you was, look at uh, the human beings uh, on this planet, the uh, you know the race, the difference between the races. I mean, everything yes. from you know uh, small pygmies in Africa to you know tall uh, tall white guys somewhere, or or yellow or red or whatever else, and a wide variety of humans, and yet they're all related, uh, yes, genetically right. at some level. Uh, very true, very true. Uh, well, I'm ga- I'm getting the. Uh, the uh, nod from my uh, producer here, we're uh, pretty much out of time, but uh, I would very much like to have you come back on a future show, and I'd like to talk to you about the Orion Project. Okay. Do maybe we have we another minute, or where, where yeah. are we on this? Do we have another minute, maybe? Oh, sure. Okay. Fire I was going to add a comment that uh, we've spoken uh, about what... The main evidence that people have used is there's military people and government people talking about the reality of UFOs and the ET, uh, ET visitation issue. Uh, what we're doing today, what CSETI is doing and has been doing for 20 years now, is going out in the field and actually interacting with ETs mm-hmm. uh, at various levels at various times. And uh, if you'd like, uh, we can talk about that next time because it's I'd very, very, much like it's to. very uh, interesting. And the amount of things that I've seen, I've spent probably 30, 40 weeks in the field have you? over the last 10 years, 12 This years. is part of uh, what uh, Stephen, Dr. Stephen Greer calls his ambassador to the universe uh, program. Yep. And he takes uh, uh, folks out into very uh, remote areas. Uh, in, in my particular case, we, uh, we met down in uh, Wilcox, Arizona in 2000, and we went out in the middle of the desert. Yep. And... I'd like on a future program. I'd like to talk about what we you have seen and what I saw uh, on those um, in, on that particular event and the other places that you've been to. That's it, it's a fascinating uh, program that uh, Dr. Greer yeah. has. Yep, and it's uh, ongoing today. I mean, not not today today, but uh, you know, even you know, this year we still we still run those uh, programs in various places around the country, and uh, it's uh, pretty mind blowing. And be glad to talk about that further when we get together again. Okay, let's do that. Well, that winds up our uh, program for the day. Uh, Thank you, Ted. I enjoyed it very much. You're sure welcome, Tom. A pleasure uh, speaking with you again. Okay. Bye now. Bye-bye. That was Dr. Ted Loder. His uh, name is spelled L-O-D-E-R. Some may ask, well, we covered a lot of territory during the last 30 minutes. What should I uh, take away? Well, 
first of all, there are two types of UFOs. There are those UFOs that are manufactured in the United States under government contract, and there are those that are manufactured on other planets in other solar systems. Number two, there are two types of American space programs, what I call the white space program and the black space program. Now the white space program is simply the International Space Station, the former space shuttles, and the Mars rovers, and all of the probes that we have sent from, uh, from Earth. Uh, the black space program is simply uh, what's called uh, the black or covert government-sponsored programs that no one uh, hears about much. And that's what we've been talking about today. And the third takeaway is that Earth has been visited by many different ET species over many years. And as a result, there are literally hundreds of military and government witnesses who have experienced ET species and extraterrestrial vehicles. Well, that winds up our show for today. Are you a skeptic or have you had your own UFO experience? For those of you who would like to appear on this show, uh, please contact us at tkeller at dc.rr.com. That's T-K-E-L-L-E-R at dc.rr.com. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned. We hope this and future shows will be truly mind-opening.